0: all right welcome to fanatics football the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'll be your host once again james i'm joined once again by nate terry and Mete, and also i'm joined by a special guest uh he's the guy we've been playing fantasy football with for a couple of years now mayor dad avid bills fan what's up guys
1: what's up guys
0: what's up How's it going? I'm happy to be here. All right, man. Uh, In today's episode, uh, it's our mock draft day. Uh, We stepped into a Yahoo mock draft, a a 12-team half-point PPR mock draft. Uh, We each pick different positions to draft from, and we're pretty much just going to go through the whole draft. We're going to talk about our teams. We're going to talk about why we made the picks, uh, whether we like the picks, whether we don't like the picks we made, uh, just little things like that. Uh, So I guess without further ado, I'll just mention our draft position. So Nate drafted at the first uh, position. Uh, Then we had Mete drafting at four. I drafted at seven. Uh, Meredad drafted at nine and Terry drafted at 12. So I think we're pretty spread out there. Um, Nate, I'll just start with you. Uh, First overall pick uh, you took Christian McCaffrey. I guess what went through your head there?
2: Well, I mean, in my opinion, you should draft a running back first and I think he's like the highest available running back at first so I just took him at first
0: yeah I think it's pretty much a no-brainer at one uh Dalvin Cook went at number two Alvin Kamara at number three and then Mette, you were on the board you took Zeke Elliott uh, I guess what would you like there
3: yeah I mean I guess I could have got a guy like Derrick Henry or even Aaron Jones after him but you know me, I'm the Cowboys fan, so I had to get Elliott. And I've been saying he's in the best shape of his life. He's he's lost around like 20 pounds or something. And the Cowboys offensive line is going to be healthy again. So I think Zeke can have a bounce back year this season.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh you mentioned Derrick Henry. He went at number five right after Nick Chubb went at six. And you also mentioned Aaron Jones, who I took at number seven. I like everything about Aaron Jones. He's a solid three down back. Uh, he's been a top uh, 10 fantasy back for, what, multiple seasons now. He's really solid. Uh, I kind of wanted to anchor my team around a solid running back, so I think Aaron Jones was the, the right pick. Um, Austin Eckler ended up going at eight. I'll get to you, Mary Dad. You took Stefan Diggs at nine. What went through your head there? I see the Buffalo Bills.
1: <laughs> well, of course, I'm a little biased, but I'm going to put Diggs as my WR1. I think he's the best route runner in the game. I think Allen's going to have an even better season, having more targets on offense, adding Emmanuel Sanders and getting Gabriel Davis in his second year. I believe that Stephon Diggs is going to find more op- open options as the defense is going to be struggling to guard all those guys. So I think Diggs is going to have another monster year. I believe you should have gone running back or I should have gone running back potentially because it is like, you got to have a strong running back, but, but I got to go Diggs. I got to go my boy. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, running back, I mean, you were at the back half of the first round anyway, so there are some solid wide receivers there. So Uh, I don't think Diggs is a bad pick, um, but I guess, yeah, that's your opinion, right? So, um, yeah, we'll move to number 10. Adams went off the board, then Saquon Barkley, and then Terry, to you at the 12th, uh, you had back-to-back picks heading into round two. Uh, In round one, you took Jonathan Taylor, and I guess round two, you took Travis Kelsey. So just talk about those two picks.
4: Well, as Nathan said, first round, you should always go with that tremendous running back. And honestly, I went with Jonathan Taylor just – due to the fact that some of these guys went, I didn't honestly expect Jonathan Taylor to still be on the board because I didn't understand why Eckler went in the first round. So I kind of expected, you know, to get a guy like, I don't know, Eckler, maybe even Najee Harris, but if Jonathan ends up in my lap, I'll end up picking him. And then honestly, Kelsey fell into my lap too. So I'm like, all right, might as well pick him since I'm doing back-to-back picks just due to the fact that tight end is kind of a, it's an iffy landscape, if you get what I mean. I mean, top end echelon talent like Kelsey, Kittle, and all them. And then you got like the talent that's like just scraping for picks on it or reps on your team.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I know a lot of times when you're at the 12th spot, you, know, you get back to back picks. So you're not picking for a while. So a lot of times you have to reach for guys, but you ended up just being able to let guys follow you, which is pretty good. You got a lot of value. Um, so I uh, I mean you seem to be happy with your two picks. Uh so after him, uh Tyree Kill went, uh, Antonio Gibson went. Uh and then uh Mary Daddy you went again. You took George Kittle. I guess just walk us through that pick.
1: Well, yeah, as Terry said, uh I only really believe in five tight ends that are T E ones. That's Kittle, Kelsey. I'm gonna put Pitts up there, maybe debatable. I have Andrews and Waller, obviously. So, obviously, those guys are going to go early. I didn't want to risk it, so I just took Kittle pretty early before running my head.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I've seen Kittle going below uh, Waller, sometimes below Andrews, and I feel like people are just sleeping on him because, you know, he had an injury last year or whatever. But, yeah, I, I think it's a pretty solid pick, uh, definitely a guy that you want to look out for. And Yeah, well, sorry, what did you say?
2: He's a beast.
0: Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, there's nothing else to say uh, about <laughs> that. It. Yeah. He, it breaks tackles like i mentioned he's a the number one option in san francisco so yeah pretty solid pick so um uh, Najee harris went after that and then i was there at the sixth pick in round 2 i took calvin ridley i mean i know hopkins was still on the board i could have taken him i'd say those two are sort of close in my rankings um uh, i just felt like going ridley there i guess you know a bit of a younger player um he's the main man in Atlanta now uh, without Julio Jones. So uh, he's primed for a breakout season. So I I just really like what I see in him. So I I see him as a value there. Obviously Hopkins just went right after, um, and then Justin Jefferson right after that. And then Mete, you took Darren Waller, I guess, just talk to us about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, like Meredith and Terry said, after a couple tight ends, it's really iffy, Uh, especially last season I had, Robert Tanyan in one of my leagues is my starting tight end. And although he was great for touchdowns, when he's not catching those touchdowns, he's not giving me much points. And so, I mean, why not take an elite tight end and not have to worry about having two points or 20 points every week, you know?
0: Yeah, one thing I noticed about this mock draft is tight ends were flying off pretty early. So I guess if you wanted to secure that top one, you sort of had to spend early draft capital on it um for some of us I guess it worked out some of us it cost us a little bit later but um I guess either either way I mean like like you said uh you know Waller he's pretty much the number one option on his team so I I think that that's a pretty solid pick right there um then Metcalf went off the board uh Joe Mixon went off and then uh Nate you had back-to-back picks uh round two you took Clyde Edwards Hilaire and round three you took David Montgomery just talk to us about those picks
2: so I wanted to have um more running backs. I think going into the draft, I was planning on drafting four running backs, mainly just because I feel like running backs in general are kind of like the best bang for buck option in fantasy football. So I went with um Soler. I feel like he's pretty solid. I was debating between either him or Joe Mixon, but I kind of like um Kansas City lines, Kansas City's offensive line better. So I went with um, Soler, and I went with Montgomery because I think he's in my mind he's like a high end RB two. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, both teams uh, they changed up their offensive line a little bit. Uh, two solid running backs. You went three straight running backs. So um, I guess you probably feel solid at that position now. Uh, probably uh, looking to target other players on your next two picks, but. Um, Right after that, A.J. Brown went in round three. Then Patrick Mahomes. uh, Then Mete, uh, you ended up getting Allen Robinson. I know you said you were rushed on that pick. I I guess just walk us through that.
3: Yeah, so Yahoo mock drafts only allow us 30 seconds. And I had to auto-pick this one. I was kind of overthinking between J.K. Dobbins and Daryl Henderson. Uh, The thing with Dobbins was... uh, They do run a lot, but I'm kind of scared of Gus Edwards kind of stealing his touches. So yeah, that's why during the 30 seconds, I was kind of overthinking it and I had to settle for Robinson. But honestly, it's not too bad as we've seen him put up a thousand yard seasons with guys like Bortles and Trubisky throwing at him. So yeah, I don't think it's that bad of a pick, honestly.
0: Yeah, it's a solid pick. It's probably just not the position you were looking to take. Yeah, Uh, the the player doesn't hurt for sure. Um, And then right after that, Terry McLaurin went off the board, Keenan Allen after that. Uh, Then I was up on the board at uh, number seven in round three. I took Daryl Henderson. I've mentioned before on this podcast, I'm just really high on him. Cam Akers is going to be out for the entire season. Uh, There's about 200 to 250 vacated uh, rushing uh, attempts there in that backfield approximately. And I mean, you got a bunch of unproven backs behind him like uh, Jake Funk and others um, who've never had NFL experience. Henderson, he was the guy for most of last year until Cam Akers really uh, came on at the end of the year. I really like him. He's going to be solid. We know the Rams are always run heavy. So I thought he was a steal in round three, but that's just me. And uh, yeah, J.K. Dobbins went right after. Uh, DeAndre Swift was your pick, Merida. Just talk to us about that.
1: So the way I view running backs in fantasy is there's really most teams have that one running back that's going to get the most touches. And then the other running backs may not even be a fantasy option for you. Whereas wide receivers, all teams have at least you know, two three wide receivers, which is why running backs go so early which is why I think I screwed up so over here I had to take the best available running back and in my opinion that's DeAndre Swift he's only in his second year and people may underlook him because of that one missed catch that was super easy and I'm just really high on him I had him on my team last year he started performing much 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 better towards the end of the year and I think he's gonna have a monster year.
0: Yeah, I think what a lot of us uh, overlook in terms of Swift is, I mean, the offensive line for the Lions is actually good. Uh, It's, you know, we, like, everyone says, oh, it's the Lions. I know there's, like, concerns with how many rushes he's going to get, depending on whether they're trailing in games. But, I mean, if the Lions good, he can still be efficient. So, um, yeah, definitely a solid pick. Uh, You didn't have to reach for him in, like, round two or something. You got him a bit later in round three. So, I I think that uh, it was a good pick for where you were at. And then, um, CD lamb went off the board right after, uh, Chris Carson. And then Terry, you had two picks uh, Round three. You went miles Gaskin round four. You went miles Sanders, two running backs. Just talk to us about that.
4: So honestly, this is where I kind of got quiet in our little group chat that we were doing it. in. with Murdad, he went with Swift and I was like, all right, there goes my first option. And then the guy right ahead of me went with Chris Carson. And I'm like, all right, there goes my second option. <laughs> And as Mente already said, 30 seconds on the clock. And then I'm just looking at the list. I see guys like Sanders, Gaskins. I think I saw like Mike Davis as well. And I'm thinking, all right, if I pick Davis, I might get butchered for it later. So I just went with the two guys that I seem like would have got more opportunities in offense. Sanders, we all know what he did last year. And then Gaskins, he's kind of like that multi-workhorse that you can play in the passing game or the rushing game down in Miami. That's what went through my mind.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, your team does look pretty solid in terms of running backs, obviously Jonathan Taylor, then you got Miles Gaskin and Miles Sanders. Uh, You're going to have a lot of options there uh, in terms of two running back spots and a flex spot. So, I mean, uh, you're pretty good to go there. Uh, Josh Jacobs went off right after um, Chris Godwin off the board right after that. Uh, Then Meredad, you're up. You took Josh Allen. No surprise, I guess. (laughs) Talk to us about the pick. Yeah.
1: That's my boy. That's my favorite player in the league, honestly. And again, I think he's going to have a monster year because of the options he has. Emmanuel Sanders got added, Gabriel Davis in the second year. But aside from that, as you'll see later on in my draft, I didn't draft a bench quarterback or anybody else. I only have Josh Allen. I believe that, in my opinion, it's worked for me the last couple of years. I take one elite running or quarterback, sorry, I take one elite quarterback. And I just stick him in the whole year for my bye week. I just pick up the best available option on the waivers and, and just hope no injuries come on the way, you know? So let's go Josh Allen.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if it works, it works. Uh, like you mentioned, injuries could be a problem, but I mean, if you have that guy, you have that guy, you might as well use a bench spot to maybe get an extra receiver, extra running back instead of, you know, having to bank on multiple quarterbacks. I I get that. Um. Uh, right after you, uh, Cooper Cup went off the board. So I decided to take Robert Woods with my next pick. I feel like Robert Woods is better than Cooper Cup, uh, whether it comes to staying healthy, whether it comes to targets, um, even deeper down the field, I feel like Cooper Cup's more of a a short yardage type guy. Um, In the red zone's the only issue I have for Robert Woods, but um, he still had elite production without the touchdown. So if the touchdowns come this year with Stafford, I mean, that's just a bonus. It's like a cherry on top, pretty much. So I really like Robert Woods. Uh, he's my second wide receiver. I don't need to rely on him as my main guy. I have him behind Calvin Ridley. So that's pretty much what went through my head for that pick. Uh, Mike Evans, right after that. Uh, Amari Cooper went off the board right after that. Then Mete, you were up. You took Julio Jones. I feel like that was a steal. I guess, what is that to you?
3: Yeah, I mean, after that, Allen Robinson auto pick, I'm. Um really thinking i need a running back but at this point uh the best guy in my opinion was mike davis and he was ranked kind of later so i didn't really want to reach for him and yeah i went for best available and i thought that was julio jones i mean he's probably the best wide receiver of our generation or one of them and for him to go round four i think is a steal so yeah i went with julio jones here
0: yeah, honestly, you have a solid uh, pair of receivers there. Um, you pretty much have nothing to worry about in terms of receivers. Obviously, Mark Andrews went right after, then Kyler Murray, and then Nate. You took Lamar Jackson, I guess. Uh, well, you had back-to-back picks. He was the f- the first pick for round four. I guess. What was your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I think round four and five, I just wasn't really too sure who to pick. I wanted to, I guess start drafting wide receivers at this point but i guess highest available was taken and i didn't really want to reach for a wide receiver so i just saw lamar jackson was right there so i thought well i guess i'll just take lamar jackson at this point uh similar for kyle pitts and i thought i might as well just get started on tight ends kyle pitts is probably going to be one of the best tight ends in fantasy this year in my opinion so yeah
0: yeah, I, I was about to mention Kyle Pitts. Uh, you took him in the beginning of round five. And yeah, I know Meredad went through five of his tight ends that he likes. All five of them are now off the board. Um, I think you four actually got four out of the five top tight ends. So um, your teams are pretty solid. Obviously, I decided to wait a little bit on tight end uh, and we'll get to that. But uh, Tyler Lockett went off the board early round five, then Kareem Hunt. And then, Mete, you went Dak Prescott, uh, Cowboys fan. I guess you talked to us about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you know me, uh, you know that Dak's my guy. And it is kind of a risky pick right now. His uh, status is kind of up in the air as he's dealing with a shoulder injury. But like I said, he's my guy. And it was really up to him or Mike Davis. And I just couldn't pass on Dak. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you couldn't pass on Dak, uh, but we got to see what your wide receiver or your running back room is going to look like after that. Uh, yeah, uh, TJ Hawkinson went right after that. Travis Etienne went after that. And then I got up on the board at uh, the seventh pick of round five. I wanted to get another running back. Uh, I saw Mike Davis there. Mete passed up on him twice. I'm like, I can't pass up on him. So I took Mike Davis um well i mean i can sit him behind guys like henderson and aaron jones so i feel like i'm solid there three good starting running backs um that's pretty much just went into what went into my head there mike davis is one of the best available running backs on the board he's going to be a starter so why not just grab him to either fill a flex spot or to fill up my bench so um yeah uh, dj moore went right after uh then you took damian harris married i guess just talk to us about why you went that route
1: yeah, I'm pretty high on Damian Harris, extremely high actually. And a lot of people may think Stevenson is gonna be the RB one. And as you mentioned, James as a huge cow or Patriots fan, sorry. Bill Belichick likes to play a lot of running backs. So I think we'll do that at first. I think Damian Harris is gonna take advantage of his touches just like he has in preseason. He's looked amazing. And I think he's gonna bring great value to the team. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, you made a good point there about the Patriots liking to run the ball. I mean, if they're going to run the ball as much as they do, then uh, a lot of the running backs there will get work. Uh, so there's definitely a chance that Damien Harris does break out that starting role, especially with guys like Sony Michelle being really injury prone. Um, yeah. And then right after that, Trey Sermon went, um, then Adam Thielen went off the board. Then uh, Terry, you had back-to-back picks there. Uh Brandon Ayuk in round five and James Robinson in round six. I guess just talk to us about those two picks.
4: So I was getting quiet again in the chat as my pick was coming around. When I saw Mike Davis come off the board, I was thinking, oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) And then I think right after that, Trey Sermon went off the board. And I'm like, all right, can't do nothing now. So I might as well get my first whiteout. When will Brandon Ayuk in Honestly. We all know what happened last year with the injury play season the Niners gang had. Uh, honestly, I think he's going to be a wide out one on the team just because of the fact that Debo and him kind of are the same when it comes to their length and physicality. And I just went with the fourth running back with James Robinson just to have that insurance policy, you know, as we all should have in fantasy sports. So, yeah, that's the strategy I had.
0: Honestly, um, you can't go wrong with Robinson. Like you said, he's your fourth running back. You don't have any pressure to start him. Um, And if ETN does go down with an injury, they're going to be splitting work. So then Robinson would get the majority of the work. So um, you're not really wrong there with that pick. Um, Obviously, Deontay Johnson went right off the board after. And then Javante Williams. And then Meredad, you went with Chase Edmonds. I guess what do you see uh, with him taking that by you taking that pick?
1: Obviously, I need running backs at this point. It's round six, so I'm staring at my phone, kind of freaking out, just looking at the running backs, just, oh, my God, oh, my God, who do I take? And the guys to go off after Chase Edmonds were Leonard Fournette, who I had on my team last year and actually ended up dropping him halfway yeah, through the season he wasn't because dead. of how inconsistent he was, so you have fun with them, I okay? And then I <laughs> like Raheem Mostert, who is running back too. And, you know, so I had to take the running back one in Chase Edmonds in Arizona. Hoping he has a breakout year. I mean, to be honest, I don't know much about him. I know he's, he's a rookie. He's going to be good. And uh, he, is he a rookie? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, he's, no, he's a rookie, not a in, t- year, he's a rookie in terms of a starter, but yeah, I get what you're sorry, saying. Sorry, <laughs> rookie
1: in terms of a starter. I'm sorry, I tripped out, but anyways, I know he's an RB1 this year and and hoping he goes off. That's it,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, all the reports from training camp are saying that they want to feature him as the main guy, so uh, I think you did get a good pick there. But- um, yeah, he's gonna be he's a great pass catcher if you're uh in half. Uh, PPR like we are you you need catches uh, to get you points so definitely a solid pick Uh, Russell Wilson went right after Uh, I was thinking about taking him uh, but then when he went right before me I was just like okay I'll just look somewhere else I was looking at wide receiver. Odell Beckham was still on the board. I'm getting him as my third wideout, which I'm happy about. So I decided to take him. Obviously, he's back from injury this year. We don't know how healthy he's going to be, but I don't need to rely on him as my main guy. I have Ridley. I have Woods. So he's a solid guy to maybe throw in the flex, keep on my bench or, or whatever. So I, I'm pretty happy with that pick. Um, Tyler Higby went right after. That was another guy I was looking at, um, but I'm happy I didn't reach for him. Um, then Justin Herbert went off the board and then Mete you took Leonard Fournette which Meredith was talking about I guess just talked to us about that pick
3: yeah I mean at this point there's not that many great running backs or in terms of uh, situation and what I mean by that is there's not many starters left so yeah I mean after seeing the Tampa Bay Super Bowl run and how Fournette performed in the playoffs. I'm hoping he becomes the main guy in the backfield. And yeah, I'm just swinging for the fences with this pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, like Meredad said, it's going to be tough. I think he had like, what, a 3.2 yards per carry or something last year. Like, it was really bad. Like, he, he just didn't perform well. Obviously, the playoffs, he broke out. So, I think we might see a mixture of last season and the playoffs. I don't know if we'll go to both ends of the spectrum. But... Hopefully uh, there are uh, some good results from Fournette. Um, Robbie Anderson went right after Uh, Robert Tanyan went after that. Then at the end of round six, uh, Nate, you had two picks Uh, in round six. You took chase Claypool and round seven, you took Tom Brady. So uh, first wide out for you. Now you have two quarterbacks. I guess, what were your thoughts on those picks?
2: Sorry about that. So, um, I guess for Chase Claypool, it was just kind of um, he was the highest available wide receiver. Um, I was thinking about whether I should get another running back early, but I thought maybe I should just get another wide receiver out of the way. So I picked Chase Claypool because of that. And then I picked um, Tom Brady mainly because I wasn't sure whether or not I should, I guess, um, reach farther. I was thinking of, again, Raheem Mostert or like, melvin gordon but i thought maybe i'll just get another quarterback out of the way
0: yeah um definitely like the pick of chase claypool um he's definitely gonna be solid he could have a a breakout season this year um taking tom brady that's up to you uh normally i don't reach for a second quarterback that early but i guess with the reports about lamar jackson uh it is good to have insurance um it might come back to bite you a little bit later but we'll see about that um Raheem Mostert like you mentioned went off the board right after Ronald Jones then Mette, you took a swing on Jamar Chase I guess what do you think about that pick
3: yeah this is another risky pick but at this point I'm basically just drafting best available and uh yeah I think Jamar Chase He's in a good situation uh, due to the fact that the Bengals, I feel like they're going to be behind a lot and they'll be throwing a lot. So I think they'll have uh, Jamar Chase out there on the field playing a lot of snaps. And we saw what rookie wide receivers can do last season, especially with guys like Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, he could have a big season this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, him and Justin Jefferson came from the same school. They played with Joe Burrow. So, I mean, he has that chemistry with Burrow. We saw what Jefferson did last year. It's great chance that he could be a breakout player. Um, David Johnson went right after you. Uh, Then Jalen Hurts went off the board. Then it was my pick at number seven. Um, Nate, you talked about Melvin Gordon being there. I felt like he was on the board for way too long. Um, There's been no indication that he's not the starter there in Denver. Um, So I'm just um, going off the fact that right now he's a projected starter and he's going to be my fourth running back on my team. So I have no pressure to start him. So I just went with that pick. Obviously, if Javante Williams was on the board, I'd probably prefer that upside with the younger guy. But I still think Melvin Gordon's a solid pick. Um, And then uh, Logan Thomas went off the board right after. And then Meridah, you went with Jerry Judy. I guess talk to us about this pick.
1: Yeah, so obviously I still needed running backs. I only have two on my team and you need bench options, but I couldn't pass on Jerry Judy. He's going into his second year. The only concerning thing is the Denver quarterback situation. I was hoping maybe they'd get Aaron Rodgers, but obviously it didn't happen. So so it's going to be Drew Lock probably for a majority of the season at least. And, and I don't know about him. <laughs> But regardless, I think Judy's a beast. I think anything that gets thrown his way, he can snatch it over any defender and, and he's a beast route running fast. He's crazy. So he's going to break on in second year. Just watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the pick as well. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, like you said, we just don't know how many catches he's going to get because of the quarterback situation. A lot of the balls thrown to him were pretty much uncatchable last year, which is why I think he had a lot of drops, but he should be solid this year. Uh, you just mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He went off the board. Uh, Kenny Galladay went off the board. And then, Terry, you had two picks, round seven and eight. Uh, you went Michael Carter, and you went T. Higgins. Um, I think you got great value on those two. I'm surprised they were still on the board. I guess just walk us through those two picks.
4: So, first thing in my mind, I was thinking, all right, Mente took Jamar Chase. To start scouting out another wideout. Uh, might as well go with his partner in T. Higgins. We all know what he did on the team last year. Chase does go onto to the team, so it does take away from his reps. But there's three skilled <clears> – <throat> honestly, the Bengals have three skilled wideouts. And I have no, I would say, worry in Higgins not getting enough reps because he's a talented enough route runner to find some opening, whether it's in deep secondary or in the linebacker area. With Michael Carter, I mean, we heard all the reports coming from New York saying how he's been outshining guys like De- uh T- Talvin Coleman, Michael Perrine, and whoever else is in the running back uh camp over in New York. So with that said, those were my two picks.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. One thing I noticed about you, you're picking at the end of rounds and normally you reach for the guys that you want because you know you, they're not going to be there when it comes back around to you. But uh, what I've seen you've been doing is you've been letting guys just fall to you and it seems to be working out uh, pretty well for your mock draft. So um. yeah, Dallas Goddard went right after you. Uh. Then Noah Fant and then Mary Dad, you went with Zach Moss, another <laughs> Buffalo Bills connection. I guess just talk to us about that.
1: Yeah, man. And this is another reason why I took Jerry Judy last round because I saw Zach Moss sitting here and he's having a great, great, great training camp. He's looking insane. So it looks like he's pretty much running away with that RB1 rule from Singletary, even though Singletary did look great, great, great (laughs) as well in his first preseason game. But um, James, you you said that if I took a lot of Buffalo Bills players on my team again this year, that I'm going to struggle. And I'm going to show to you that... Now that I have Zach Moss, I have the receiver. If the receiver struggles, Zach Moss is going to go off. I'm going to win the league, and that's
0: it. Well, I mean, I can't disagree with you with the fact that I think Zach Moss is a good player as well. I feel like that he's going to be the main man there. Um, The only thing I'll disagree with is the fact that uh, having too many players from one team, no matter which team it is, uh, there's always that injury factor where if the quarterback goes down, then the the whole value of the team goes down. Whether it's Buffalo, whether it's uh, another team, I think uh, Nate had uh, a lot of Pittsburgh players on his team. Whatever the, the issue is, I guess it's better to spread your feet out a little bit. But um, other than that, I think Moss is sort of a makeup pick if you don't have like uh, solid running backs on your team. He might be a guy that could break out. So uh, we'll definitely have to see about that. Um, and then I guess right after um, LA Rams' defense was the first defense off the board. Uh, and then it came down to me. Um, I was looking to add at wide out. Um, I saw Antonio Brown there. I feel like people are just sleeping on him too much because he didn't start the season at the beginning last year. Um, and he sort of didn't develop that chemistry until the playoffs came around where he was the main target in the Super Bowl for Tom Brady. So, I mean, if you're getting him like a full few rounds later than Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I feel like that. Uh, He might even have close to the receiving totals they might have. So I feel like you're getting him at like a good price. I was like, you know what? He's not even going to be a top three receiver for me. He's my fourth receiver. I'll just take a flyer on him. So Antonio Brown in the eighth round, I feel like is is a pretty good steal. Uh, Then Washington defense right after me, Pittsburgh defense. So it seems like a run of defenses here, but then Meta, you went James Connor. Uh, What do you like about this pick?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. It's not the greatest pick, but at this point I got I got two running backs. I'm desperate. And at this point, I'm just looking at guys who I believe have talent and who can win the starting position. And so yeah, I think Connor honestly could maybe become the starting running back in Arizona if Chase Edmonds doesn't pay off. And Chase Edmonds is right now inexperienced. In terms as a starter. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just hoping for the best here.
0: Yeah, you'll be up against it with Merry who took Chase Edmonds. So, uh, let's see who becomes the starter <laughs> out of this mock draft. Uh, then, yeah, the run of defenses, I think, continued. You see Tampa Bay off the board, then San Francisco off the board. And then, Nate, you had two picks. You saw that you were a little thin on wide receivers. So you took two wideouts. Uh, in round eight, you went with Juju Smith Schuster. Round nine, you took DJ Chark. I guess walk us through those two picks.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to pick up some wide receivers because, as you said, I still needed to pick some. So I ended up going with um, Juju. I probably um, shouldn't have mainly because you don't really want two guys on the same team on your fantasy team for, like, scheduling issues and stuff like that. So I guess in retrospect, that might not have been the best pick. And I went with, um, DJ Chark. Um, I had him last year for fantasy and he did pretty well. And I think he's going to do better with, um, Trevor Lawrence as a starting quarterback. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you saved yourself with that DJ Chark pick because you know, you could always slot him even above Juju Smith Schuster and he should be really productive for you in case of bye weeks and whatnot. So, I mean, with your three receivers, uh, You can maybe hope for a breakout with Claypool. And then if Chark plays well, he can be your sort of second option. And then uh, you should be pretty good uh, for that. Um, And then uh, just getting uh, to the next few picks, Baltimore defense went off the board. Debo Samuel went off the board. And then, Mete, you took Gus Edwards at running back. I guess, what would you like about him?
3: Okay, so earlier, I think it was round three, I was talking about Uh, Alan Robinson, and how I was was thinking of J.K. Dobbins and Daryl Henderson. And I said I was kind of scared of Dobbins because of Edwards being behind him. And yeah, I mean, at this point, like I said, uh, there's no starting running backs, and I'm desperate for running backs. So I'm going for talent and guys I think who can win the starting job over. And yeah, I think Edwards has a chance to do that as well.
0: I mean, he doesn't even need to win the starting job to be able to get carries. Uh, We saw that this offense, with the amount of times they run, they can support two fantasy-relevant running backs at one time. So uh, even if he doesn't become the starter, he can still be a solid flex option for you, possibly maybe even better than that. So yeah, I think it was a pretty solid pick. Uh, Then a run of kickers. This is interesting. Justin Tucker went off the board. Harrison Butker went off the board. Then it came down to me, round nine. I still don't have a quarterback. I see Ryan Tannehill on the board. I, I knew Terry was definitely going to look at taking this guy because he's been hyping him up every week on the podcast. And I understand why he's been hyping him up. Tannehill looks like he's primed for a breakout. So I just pulled the trigger there. Took Ryan Tannehill as my QB1. And I'm happy. I waited till round nine for quarterback and I got Tannehill. So I'm not complaining. Um, I really like that pick. Uh, Young Wei Ku went right after that. Um, and then Meredad, uh, you were up on the board. Uh, you took Michael Thomas. Obviously, we know about that injury, but I guess just walk us through why you made this pick.
1: Yeah, at this point, I was honestly pretty, uh, I already had my, let's say, starters like picked, you know, who I hope would be starters for me. So at this point, I'm looking for depth and also players that would help me win, obviously, and players I could put into my flex. Then I saw Michael Thomas sitting there, and his average pick was, even like 80 or something. And this was pick 100 plus. So I took him. I know he's going to be out the first half of the season-ish, but I'm hoping that if my team does do well, then Michael Thomas, I'm just going to stick in there. You know what kind of player he can be as you saw two years ago. And and he'll definitely help me win.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the moment he comes back, he should be fantasy relevant, no matter who the quarterback is. So at this point, you said you already have your starters, so it's pretty much low risk. You're just you're just going for the for the ceiling, I guess. Uh, you know, if he comes back before the fantasy playoffs, uh, then you'll be good to go. All right, right after uh, Kansas City defense went off the board, Matthew Stafford also went off the board, and then at the end of round nine, Terry two picks. Uh, round nine, you went Joe Burrow, and round ten, you took Devonte Smith. I guess just walk us through those two picks.
4: All right, so here's something James hasn't said yet. He makes a remark saying, oh, Terry, did you pick a quarterback yet? So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, shoot, he knows what I'm about to do. So I go, yeah, I already picked one. Then he goes quiet. So then I started making enough talking, trying to conversate with Mente, trying to talk with Nathan, Murdad, all of them. And then when James picks, comes, he picks Rantyne out, Then I start cussing like a loud mouth. So I'm like, all right, there's one more quarterback on the board. I can get Stafford. Right before my pick comes up, he gets picked. So I'm thinking, oh, boy, so now I got to get stuck with Burrow. I mean, he's good quarterback and all, but it's just that injury concern. Like, even if you're a Cincinnati fan, you're concerned about the injury and the offensive line that he has to deal with. And then after that, it was kind of an angry pick that I picked Devontae Smith. I didn't look later on to the board with guys like uh levisky chenot probably juice laundry or jarvis laundry or even guys like will fuller and so basically that's basically why i pick smith and then consider any other options after that
0: yeah i feel like when you have back-to-back picks you have to be thinking uh almost like double the time because like your two picks like when you make that first pick you sometimes you don't realize oh i have another pick right after so then you're kind of rushing with that second one right it wasn't even
4: that my bad but it wasn't even that unfortunately it was more of like okay there goes my quarterback from you and then the guy right ahead of me takes stafford and i'm like all right now i get stuck with burrow and then let me just take an angry pick and like pick the top guy on the board and that was Smith. so it wasn't even but i understand what you're saying and yeah sometimes you don't even realize it Especially in the later rounds where you're thinking, oh, God, now I got to pick again. And I don't even know what to pick. And I understand, and I respect what you just said. But uh, this one was just an upsetting pick. That's all I got to say, man.
0: Yeah, Nate, you wanted to say something about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of times where I kind of forgot that I had like a second pick. So I'm just like sitting there and then all of a sudden I only have like 10 seconds left to make a pick. <laughs> So if some of my picks look questionable, that's probably why.
0: Yeah, um, it's just that rush factor when you're in a mock draft. It's like half or like a third of the time in normal draft. So you're pretty much just going off of, you know, first few names you see on the board. Who do I like better? And you got to sort of pull the trigger right away. So it is tough. Um, Yeah, right after Devontae Smith, we saw Greg Zerline off the board, Tyler Bass. So those kicker, the kicking run still uh, keeps going on. Um, And then Meredad, you're up. You take Michael Gallup, I guess. Talk to us about that pick.
1: Yeah, so straight up, I'm looking at best available here. I have three running backs that I'm feeling pretty confident in. Uh, So... I was really tossed up between Michael Gallup and Jarvis Landry. I was staring at my screen until the very last second. and I can't tell you why I chose Michael Gallup, but I know he's a really good receiver. He's going to get a lot of options. Dallas is also, as much as they run with Zeke, they're also pretty pass-heavy with Zach. He is a good quarterback at throwing, so, so he's going to find Michael Gallup. I'm hoping he'll have a good year, and it is also around 10, so...
0: You're just looking at the best value possible. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Definitely agree with pretty much every point you said there. Um, Cortland Sutton off the board right after. Surprised that he uh, fell that low. So definitely uh, a good steal uh, by a team there. Um, And then I was up next. I was looking for a wide receiver also uh, there in round 10. Uh, I saw Mike Williams there. I saw LaVisca Chanel. I was contemplating who to take. Ended up going with Mike Williams. I like his big playability. Obviously, Herbert can sling the ball. He, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he has had at least 1,000 yard season, if I'm not mistaken. And if not, it was because of injury, um, his injury history. That's the only concern I have with him. In terms of talent, it's one of the best 50 50 uh, ball catchers in the league, in my opinion. Um, and his talent's been unnoticed uh, with a guy like Philip Rivers throwing him the ball. So, I mean, you got Justin Herbert there slinging. I really like Mike Williams' potential. Um, and then after me – I have a question, James. Go- yeah, go ahead, man.
1: What do you think about Jarvis Landry? Because I see Jarvis Landry still sitting there. And like I said, I was really contemplated between picking him and Gallup, and I saw you didn't even mention him. So, I'm just wondering what you think about it.
0: Honestly, when it comes to me, I already have Odell Beckham Jr on my team, so I'm looking to spread around. Landry's not a bad pick. He's a little bit older than some of these other guys I'm looking at as well. Those are probably the only two reasons. Uh in terms of a pick, he's solid. He he gets catches, you know. it's a good you can slot him into your uh, wideout 2, maybe your flex depending on the matchup. Um he is pretty solid in that way, but yeah, like I said, I had Odell and uh, I was sort of looking at a younger guy um, so I took Mike Williams, but yeah, uh, definitely a good player. Um, like yeah. As I mentioned, Tyler Boyd went right after he's another one of those guys. that's going to probably be getting a lot of looks there uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, and then AJ Dillon went off the board. Then um, Mette, you took LaVisca Chanel. I just just talked to us about that pick.
3: Yeah. I mean, this is a kind of a breakout pick I'm projecting. I think I was talking to actually Merdad. uh, And then you were saying how he has Marvin Jones and Chark ahead of him, which is true. But like I said, for Jamar Chase, uh, the bad teams, when they're trailing, they usually got to throw and Chenault should be on the field a lot as he should be the slot receiver there. And they even ran him last year. I think he had around like 20 rush attempts last season. So yeah, he's got rushing upside as well. And I think he's heading into his second season. So, yeah, I think he can have a breakout year.
0: Yeah, he's not just the slot receiver. He's also the screen receiver there as well. So he's going to be getting a lot of looks regardless. So, yeah, like I said, I was contemplating that pick. I feel like that that's a good pick. Um, Then uh, Devin Singletary went off the board. Obviously, Meredad, not in your draft pick range, but uh, he went off the board. Then Brandon Cooks went off the board. Uh, and then Nate, uh, you had two picks, uh, round 10, you took Kenyon Drake, uh, round 11, you took Jarvis Landry, I guess, talk to us about these two picks.
2: Sorry again. So for, um, Kenyon Drake, I wanted to kind of finish, um, with, uh, I guess my, I think last, uh, running back. Cause I, w- I wanted to have four running backs going into the draft. So, uh. I had looked at Kenyon Drake and I thought he's probably the best available, um, running back and he's pretty solid. So I decided to pick him up and, uh, Jarvis Landry, he had a good season last year in Cleveland and I think he's going to be solid again. So I decided to pick him up.
0: Yeah. I mean, as a Cleveland fan, you watch him firsthand every week, you know what uh, you have in him. Uh, and also you don't need him to be a starter, um, because you already have some guys in front of him. Uh, He's one of those guys you can just throw into the flex or throw in at a bye week. So uh, another solid pick there. Um, And then just sort of looking at the picks right after Jason Sanders off the board, Trevor Lawrence, right after that, then Mette, you were up, you took new England defense. Uh, What's your thoughts on this pick?
3: Yeah. I mean, this is a new strategy I'm going to be trying this season. I usually go uh, defense second, last pick and then kicker last pick, but. I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of done with the defense second last because I'm having to pick up a new defense every week. And usually when you are picking the a defense up, uh, it's not good once. So even if they have a favorable matchup, they might not even perform for you. So it's kind of risky. And I mean, I plan I uh, played it safe this season with going for Patriots uh they're getting guys like Dante Howard Patrick Chung, Brandon Bolden Marcus Cannon back from opt-outs and they're also signing uh Matthew Judon so yeah I think this defense is going to be uh a force to be reckoned with this season
0: of course I'm not going to disagree with you for obvious reasons I believe in the Patriots as much as anyone but Uh, yeah um, you're trying out a new strategy and especially uh, like you said with a team like the Patriots it's one of those defenses that um, even if they don't uh, perform at the top level like they did a couple years back they're not going to be a defense that you'd be dropping halfway through the year so um, definitely a pretty solid pick there Um, then Will Fuller went off the board uh, Jamal Williams off the board Uh, and then it came to my pick uh, no tight end for me it's already round 11 So I took Jonu Smith. I really like his upside uh, being in this Patriots team. They're going to use him a lot more than Tennessee did last season. I mean, he finished as a borderline top 12 uh, tight end, even uh, with his minimal usage on the Titans, Um, even from week one of preseason and training camp, it's clear they want to get him the ball. It's clear that teams are having a hard time tackling this guy. He's, He's an amazing runner. Uh, they can even run him from the backfield as well. I know you were talking about that, Mete, with Chenault. They're doing the same thing with a guy like John o. Smith. So he's getting the reps. Uh, people might be concerned about Hunter Henry, but I'm definitely not. And, um, yeah, so I took him as my starting tight end. Uh, we got Curtis Samuel going off right after him. Corey Davis off the board after that from Meridad. I guess walk us through that pick.
1: I'm sitting there after my next pick and I see next up in 15 and I see the Patriots defense still sitting there which I believe is going to be the number one defense in the league. And I'm staring at my phone it's below average pick and the Turkish delight has to pick him up. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and at that point, I was screaming. I was so pissed off and I didn't know what to do. So I had to go for best available again. Maybe I should have taken running backs because I'm struggling. But I saw Corey Davis sitting there and, and I couldn't pass on him. He's pretty much a WR1. Maybe other than the rookies, but 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 I don't see anyone passing him. So, man, no, but Corey Davis had a monster year last year. Zach Wilson is the second overall pick for a reason. His
0: upside is insane and hoping he has a good year. That's it. Yeah, I know, Terry, you were hyping up Corey Davis a bit, I believe, uh, on the last podcast that uh, you really like his upside being there on the Jets. They're probably going to be passing a lot as well. So I think um, it's a pretty safe pick in, in my opinion. So I definitely like the route you went there. Uh, Tony Pollard came off the board. Um, Then Denver defense went off the board. And then, uh, Terry, you had two picks here. Uh, Round 11, you took Cleveland defense. And round 12, you took Marquise Hollywood-Brown. I guess walk us through those two picks.
4: So as you said for Murder just now, it was a safe pick for him. And the trend throughout this draft was, all right, I was happy. Then I started getting a slightly bit annoyed because of the Tannehill pick and then, you (laughs) know, the Stafford pick and then just – before uh, my picks in round 11 and 12, I was just looking at Corey Davis and then, you know, he disappears. And then I was like, all right, I can still get my defense. So I was going with the Broncos and then he disappeared. So I'm thinking, well, let me just do two angry picks. So uh, the Browns are surprisingly like on the top of the list. So I was thinking, well, overall. So I was thinking, all right, let me just pick them just to get my defense out the way. And then I just chose another one, number one wideout on a team. And that was Hollywood Brown. Uh, honestly, not that much decision-making just due to the fact that I lost both of my projected picks in my head. And it was just, you know, I wouldn't say panic, but I would say it's like, okay, I know the name. So, and I know what he does. So, you know, you get what I'm going to say.
0: Yeah. I understand. Uh, it's always those, uh, picks right before you, usually the guys you're looking at, especially if they're uh, sort of at the top of the board, usually uh, they'll be the ones coming off right before your pick. So it is tough, but uh, yeah, I mean, you followed it up. Cleveland defense is going to be solid anyways, and um, I guess we'll have to see how well Marquise Brown plays this year because, I mean, the Ravens said they want to throw more, so uh, we'll definitely see if he has some upside there. Um, Kirk Cousins went off the board there. Right after you, um, Matt Ryan, so it looks like there might be a small QB run here, Um, except Meridad takes James White. I guess, what do you like about James White?
1: Yeah, I need running backs, like I said, Uh, so I'm pretty short on running backs. I need, you know, deeper options. I'm hoping that Mac Jones starts the majority of the season as Cam Newton was great in his MVP years, but is clearly not the same player anymore. And James White is a great catching running back, which is obviously great fantasy points. So this could be a steal, but at the same time could be a bust. Who knows? And like I said before, Bill Belichick does like to run a lot of running backs. So I know that James White will get a decent amount of snaps, hopefully, and and no, know, just round 12, just
0: hope for the best, right? Yeah, I feel like White might be the safest back there in New England because he's the main guy that they can rely on for pass catching. I feel like the other three backs there are more like first or second down backs. So I feel like you're getting the safer guy in that backfield, so he has a less chance of sort of becoming a bust for you. Um, So uh, definitely a, a good pick if you're looking for a running back that maybe you can slot in.
1: That's really good to hear from the Patriots fans, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I've watched this guy play for years. He's helped us win Super Bowls. I know what he can do. Uh, it's it's just uh, like Mette calls it. It's just the eye test. So, uh, yeah, um, I definitely like uh, what we have in James White. Um, yeah, um, Nine M. Hines went off the board right after him. Similar type player. Then, um, I was up. I was like, I have a lot of depth at most positions. I'll look to take another wide out. I scroll down a bit. I seen Darnell Moody on the board still. And I mean, uh, I t- I've talked about him as a sleeper. I talked about him as a steal. I've been talking about him ever since we did the previews for the divisions. Uh, they cut Anthony Miller for a reason because they know what they have in this guy. He's going to be the punt returner on special teams. Uh, he's going to be the wide out too there right behind Allen Robinson. We've seen him as a route runner. He can get open. No problem. He even did it against guys like Jalen Ramsey. They were just, wasn't the quarterback play to back it up to be able to get him the ball he's got either Andy Dalton or Justin Fields this year two guys that can throw the ball I really like Darnell Mooney's upside and I mean like I said I'm getting him in round 12 like Mary Dad's been saying these late rounds you got to go for the guys that you want to hit I believe he's one of those guys that's going to hit uh, possibly even as a home run so I definitely like what I have with him there um, then right after me Mike Kosicki went off the board Latavis Murray went off the board And then Mete, you took Philip Lindsay, I guess, just talk to us about that.
3: Yeah, so Lindsay kind of has a soft place in my heart as a couple of years ago, he won me my fantasy finals and I'm grateful for him. Uh, So I kind of wanted to give him a chance. And at this point, like I said before, there's no more starting running backs and I'm just looking for talent and guys who I think can win over a starting job. And with the... Texans running backs being so old, I feel like if they start losing a lot of games, why not throw the young guy in there and uh, make him make him the starter, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I feel like he'll have a similar role to last year, you know, where like Melvin Gordon was the main guy, but he was more like the pass-catching guy, and he he still had uh, fantasy value. So at the worst, you you could be even getting flex uh, potential with him, if not even higher, like you said, with him winning the starting job. So definitely one of those picks, uh, you can keep him on your bench. He might even break out, and then you can start him right after. Um, Yeah, and then right after uh, him, uh, Rob Gronkowski went off the board, then Baker Mayfield, Uh, and then Nate, you were up uh, round 12, you took Irv Smith, and then round 13, you took Marvin Jones. I guess just talk to us about those picks.
2: So I guess I figured I might as well, um, I guess, uh, get the tight end spot, I guess, um, filled up. So I decided to go with um, Irv Smith. I feel like he's pretty solid. I'm just a little bit concerned about, um, his targets, but hopefully it would work out. Um, this season for Irv Smith, and I guess Marvin Jones. Originally, I was thinking should I get two? Should I get two kickers? And then I thought maybe I'll just get another wide receiver instead. Ended up giving getting uh, Marvin Jones. He is a starter. Um, I guess that makes two Jacksonville players that I have, which might end up creating schedule issues. But on the, on the other hand, I have five wide receivers, so. Hopefully that kind of uh, makes up for it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you have two from Pittsburgh, two from Jacksonville. So obviously if they don't have the same bye week, uh, you should be okay because you have uh, Landry as well, I believe. Uh, And then you talked about Irv Smith. I mean, uh, you're not even under any pressure to start him because I believe you also have Kyle Pitts. So um, I think you should be good there as well. Um, And then another tight end went off the board, Hunter Henry. Um, McCole Hardman went off the board. And then, Mete, you took Adam Trotman. I was actually kind of laughing about this because you were kind of calling him a bust last week. I guess just talk to us about that pick.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you guys remember, I think our NFC South, I want to say, video, I think I was given the Saints tight ends, and I was saying how I'm not that big of a fan of him. But I don't know. I feel like it was you, James, who was talking about how Uh, Now that Michael Thomas is hurt, he could actually see a lot of receptions and be due for a breakout year. And so, yeah, that kind of stuck with me. And I kind of believe in that now. I think with Michael Thomas gone, he can see a lot of targets. And as my backup tight end, I think it's a decent guy to have.
0: Yeah, it's pretty low risk, I think. Um, I know you probably don't want to give Terry credit, so I guess I'll just do it. Um, I did talk about that, but I think Terry also mentioned it as well last week, how he really likes Adam Trotman as well. Um, probably a guy he was going to target maybe later on. And um, yeah, I, I think that you made a great pick. There's pretty solid. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick off the board right after uh, and then Trey Lance. So that continued quarterback run uh, for backup quarterbacks. And then my pick came, I decided to just get another wide receiver I really like that Jalen Waddle was still on the board I was surprised he was there all the way in round 13 uh, for a guy that's going to be a starter they've already mentioned it he's playing in the slot he has the speed uh, almost of Tyree kill he's low risk taking him as like my fifth or sixth wide receiver Um, so yeah I just decided to pull the trigger like Mete said you got to take some shots on some of these young guys and expect a breakout so um, I definitely like that with him uh, Evan Ingram off the board right after. Uh, Mary, Dad, you were up. You took Austin Hooper. I guess talk to us about that pick.
1: Yeah, I feel like tight end is a position where uh, different people kind of pop off every year. So I feel like potentially you could gamble and only take one. Like I said, my quarterback, elite tight end, and try to pick up somebody else if anything happens, but. George Kittle is obviously coming off an injury as good as he is, so I didn't want to risk anything. I saw Austin Hooper sitting there, and he went off for around 800 yards with the Falcons. So he has pretty good upside, and even though he's not coming off the best year, I know what he can do. Like I've said before, it's around 13. <laughs> Hope for the best.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, He's definitely one of those guys in Cleveland where – um. If he's on the field all the time, he's definitely getting targeted, especially in the red zone. That's one of his specialties. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that uh, you made a pretty a low-risk pick there. Uh, Michael Pittman went right after that. Um, Alex Madison off the board. Then, Terry, you had two picks there. Um, you took T.Y. Hilton in the 13th round and Rodrigo Blankenship, a kicker in the 14th round. I guess just talk to us about that.
4: So as I was saying with the trend of this draft, I started getting upset near the end. But before I got fully, I would say, ejected out of it in my mind, I think I asked the question, who would you rather have, uh, T.Y. Hilton or some other wideout?" out? And then in my mind, when the uh, my pick came along, I was like, you know what? Uh, he helped me win a couple. I wouldn't say a couple, but he helped me in one of my fantasy seasons like when I first started out doing this stuff and I was like I might as well pick him up just for you know it being the 13th round and there's not really that much of a expectation with your fifth wide hour if anything and with that being said that's why I picked T.Y. with Rodrigo on the other hand I mean it's like the last two rounds you might as well pick a kicker so I went with Rodrigo I honestly didn't pay attention to see where he was projected like against all the other kickers but I, I don't know Those glasses alone just got me, so I'm like, let me pick
0: them up, you know? Yeah, I mean, he has been a solid kicker ever since he's been in the league, so I won't fault you for that. As for T.Y., if he becomes Carson Wentz's favorite target, you got another starting wide receiver right there, so that pick doesn't hurt as well. Um, And then Anthony Ferkser went off the board right after that. Cole Komet, so more tight ends coming off the board. Uh, Mary Dad, you went Miami defense. I guess you didn't get New England. Uh, you didn't end up getting Buffalo either, so you decided <laughs> to take Miami instead.
1: That's it. I didn't get New England, and usually I take uh, defenses pretty early, but this time I decided to wait it out. And Buffalo was actually still on the board, and um, didn't take them because I don't think they have the best pass rushing. They obviously don't, and they don't have really crazy interception threats. Whereas the Dolphins, hopefully, Davian Howard plays and. And repeats last season and can pick up some fantasy points in that way. Maybe they'll have some kind of weak opponents, you know, and and kind of fall off for me. And if needed, I can pick up another defense one. Like depending on the schedule, whoever's playing the weak team and, and just go from there. I mean, it's round fourteen, and and that was kind of just looking at the best defenses, and and it was Miami, I think, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um. Honestly, at that point, you're just looking for a defense that's, you know, going to get you sacks, going to get you um, interceptions, like you said. So, yeah, I definitely uh, agree. Uh, You're just sort of taking a shot on a team. And if it doesn't work out, you can just drop them and I guess pick up another team. Um, Yeah, Daniel Jones went off the board right after that. And then I was on the board. I was looking for uh, defense also. I saw Indianapolis on the board, and I was really surprised. They were one of the better defenses last year. And, I mean, it's the 2nd last round of the the mock draft. So, I mean, they're still on the board. Uh, I think this is sort of pushing the point I've been making. Wait as long as you can on defense because you never know. You might get a steal. Um, I feel like I got as good of a defense as pretty much anyone uh, with this Colts pick. And, uh, yeah, I definitely like uh, that I was able to wait and get them. Uh, And then uh, Devontae Parker went right after me. Uh, Gerald Everett off the board as well. And then, Mette, you took Deshaun Watson. I assume this is just sort of a pick in case he plays.
3: Yeah, I'm hoping he plays, but now that I'm thinking of it, this is kind of a really dumb pick for me, especially if you consider the fact that Dak's not 100% yet. So let's say Dak and Deshaun can't play, then I'm without a quarterback and I got to pick up a guy off the waiver wire. So now that I'm thinking about it, uh it's not that good of a pick, but I mean if you have a guy who's healthy and ready to go for week one, I think getting Deshaun Watson round 14, 15, even maybe 13, I think worth it if you're willing to take that risk.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um it, it it's just a dart throw at this point. If he plays, you get a potential starting quarterback. If he doesn't play, you just drop him and you just pick up someone off the waiver. So it's low risk, if anything. Uh, And then uh, yeah, Buffalo defense did end up going after Um, then Carlos Hyde went off the board. And then um, Nate, you had two picks there um, round 14 and round 15. Uh, You took Minnesota defense in round 14. You took Will Lutz in round 15. I just assume, yeah, last two picks, you take your defense and you take your kicker.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Minnesota, they're usually good every year. So I picked them up and Lutz, he's usually pretty decent, so picked him up as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, Lutz has been one of the top 10 kickers in the league for a few years now. Minnesota defense, yeah, they're going to be healthy this year. They've definitely added a lot of pieces. Uh, Yeah, you waited on both of them, and you got two solid picks. So um, I guess you're sort of furthering my point on that, uh, that you don't need to reach on defense if you don't want to. There's definitely going to be some uh, good uh, defenses available near the end. Um, and then right after Lutz, uh, Rothisberger went off the board. Uh, Quinn Norton went off the board. Mete, you took Ryan sock up. I just assume he was the best available kicker.
3: Yeah, he was. But for kickers, you got to be kind of careful of their team, especially if they're on a bad team. They might not be able to get into field goal range. And if they're on too good of a team like Tampa, maybe they won't get too many field goal opportunities due to the team always scoring touchdowns. So yeah, uh, I just went with best available and hope for the best, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think it makes that Will Lutz pick pretty good because the Saints are one of those teams that we don't know how many touchdowns they'll score, but they're also not a bottom tier team. So yeah, he'll probably be in a good field goal range um, for a lot of the drives. So definitely solid there. Suck up also a solid pick, especially if you count extra points in your league. He'll be getting a lot of those so um those are just extra points uh for fantasy so uh yeah chargers defense off the board right after that S- uh, saints defense off the board uh, i could have taken a kicker um but i just t- decided to take a swing on uh, Tua viloa i've been pumping him up last few podcasts feel like he's just primed for a breakout he's in the right situation uh, new offensive coordinator um, I mean, new uh, receivers. You got Fuller in there now. You got Jalen Waddell in there. Uh, he just has so much talent around him. It's re- it's going to be really hard for him to bust, especially with a lot of potential that he has uh, coming in. So, um, I mean, last round, I can always drop him for a kicker if you know he doesn't start out well. The, so I, I think that there's literally no risk there. So I took him. Uh, Chicago defense off the board after me. Uh, Merdad took uh, Michael Badgley. Um, I just assume you needed a kicker and you just took him.
1: Well, yeah, I needed a kicker, obviously. And when it comes to kicker, like Methe said, I look at a team that can move the ball down the field. Now, Justin Herbert is a beast. So I believe in him moving it down the field. And as you've heard throughout this podcast, I'm pretty high on second year players. They've gotten that rookie experience. So I feel like Justin Herbert is going to pop out even more than he did last year. And and hopefully Basley can just get a decent amount of field goal attempts, even extra points. Those are points with all in most weeks.
0: So, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was really solid in his first year with the Chargers. I know he struggled a little bit last year, so he should be able to bounce back uh, this season. Uh, and then Robbie Gold went off the board. Uh, Matt Gay went off the board. And then, Terry, you took Elijah Moore. I think, I if I remember correctly, he was the player you were debating on uh, and then you ended up getting him later.
4: Even if he was, I mean, good on myself, right? So I ended up getting two guys that I wanted, so congratulations to me. In my mind, I was thinking maybe I should take a second tight end, so I was thinking Blake Jarwin, but I was thinking eh, you can't have enough wideouts, if anything.
0: All right, and that's the end of the mock draft. So I'll just go around the room and I guess just read out your team, and I guess just give your overall thoughts on the way your team turned out. And although uh, it doesn't really matter since we don't really like Yahoo's rankings anyways, just give your Yahoo grade. So Nate, I'll
2: start with you. So I guess I I got like an A, which is not bad, I guess. And I guess for my team, I ended up um, getting Christian McCaffrey, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, David Montgomery, Lamar Jackson, Kyle Pitts, Chase Claypool, Tom Brady, Juju, DJ Chark, Kenyon Drake, Jarvis Landry, Irv Smith Jr., Marvin Jones Jr., Minnesota defense, and Lutz.
0: And your thoughts, I guess, on your team?
2: My team? Um, there were some picks that I guess I would have changed. For example, I don't think I would have gotten either – uh, Juju or Marvin Jones I guess if I had a chance to pick again but um, it's mainly because I already have Chase Claypool and DJ Chark but I think it did alright
0: Alright and uh, Mete getting to you uh, you were picking after him um, give us uh, your Yahoo grade give us your team and give us your thoughts
3: Yeah so Yahoo gave me a B and Honestly, I can't really blame them. I picked Ezekiel Elliott, Darren Waller, Alan Robinson, Julio Jones, Dak Prescott, Leonard Fournette, Jamar Chase, James Conner, Gus Edwards, LaVisca Chenault Jr., New England defense, Philip Lindsay, Adam Trotman, Deshaun Watson, and Ryan Suckup. I mean, I feel like they're not a big fan of my running back situation, and I'm not either, outside of Elliott. I have Fournette as my running back, too, and it's kind of shaky right now. uh, We'll have to see how many touches he's going to get. Like I said, I'm hoping his breakout in the playoffs earns him the bulk of the carries, but honestly, it might not work out for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. I I forgot to mention, Nate, you drafted from the first spot. Mete drafted from the fourth spot. I drafted from the seventh spot uh, in a 12-team mock um, they gave me an A minus. I think I'm okay with that grade. Um, I kind of like the team I have. Uh, I'll go through the picks: uh Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, Daryl Henderson, Robert Woods, Mike Davis, Odell Beckham Jr., Melvin Gordon, Antonio Brown, Ryan Tannehill, Mike Williams, John o. Smith, Darnell Mooney, Jalen Waddle, Indianapolis defense, and Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I, I guess my thoughts on this uh there were a couple picks where i was unsure like uh the mike davis pick i was looking at a couple running backs i didn't get them um other than that i feel like i just sort of waited for the draft to come to me and as guys sort of fell i was able to scoop them up ryan Tannehill, perfect example of that um i, th- I think i reached a little bit for john who smith maybe because i believe in him uh as a patriots fan i guess just as a fan of the whole uh pass catching situation there in new england um, I didn't take a second tight end. That's probably another thing that wasn't good because uh, if something happens with John, who I really don't have a good option behind him. Uh, and other than that, yeah, I think I, I really like my team. Uh, Meredith, I'll get to you. You drafted from the ninth pick. Give us your grade, give us your team. And I guess your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So I got five wide receivers and five running backs. I got Stefan Diggs, obviously I got, In my second round, I got George Kittle, I got DeAndre Swift, I got Josh Allen, I got Damian Harris, I got Chase Edmonds, Jerry Judy, Zach Moss, Michael Thomas, Michael Gallup, Corey Davis, James White, Austin Hooper, Miami defense, and Badgley. And like I was saying, I got five wide receivers, five running backs, two tight ends, I got my boy Josh Allen at quarterbacks my defense, and my kicker. So overall, I'm really happy, but Yahoo gave me a C C+. <laughs> so I don't know what to think about that. I think my team would pop off, and yeah, I'm really happy. But I just want to shout out my boy Brendan in this mock draft. He drafted Tyler Bass round 10, and clearly he might be a bigger <laughs> Buffalo Bills fan than me. I don't know what to say, but... He also drafted robbie gold round 15 so he might just be clueless so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys thank you guys for having me eh?
0: yeah no worries we appreciate you being on the podcast and yeah just getting to your point uh don't uh bake into yahoo's um i guess grade two seriously um we're just listening it for the fun of it and Um, Yeah, I really like your wide receiving core. Obviously, I feel like that you might have sacrificed your running back core a little bit for your wide receivers. But other than that, yeah, like you said, you really have a solid team. And I mean, if you like your team, that's the main thing, because none of us can predict 100% what's going to happen in fantasy football. So I guess that's one of the important things that you go into the year, uh, really liking your team. Uh, Terry, you drafted from the 12th spot. Um, Give us your grade, give us your team, and I guess your thoughts on it.
4: Uh, my team, Joe Burrow, Brandon Ayuken, T. Higgins, Jonathan Taylor with that first pick, uh, Miles Gaskins, Travis Kells, if you didn't know, uh, <laughs> Miles Sanders, Rodrigo Blankenship, uh, Cleveland defense. And then on the bench, I got guys sitting like James Robinson, uh, the rookie Michael Carter. After that, Devontae Smith, Hollywood Marquise Brown, uh, T.Y. Heldon and Elijah Moore. Things that could have probably done better, just don't zone out on those like, rounds 13 14 and 15 you can probably find a steal and if you're actually paying attention uh you might get a guy like i don't know Devontae parker or maybe even that second tight end that you wanted and i believe my grade was like a b plus and honestly i can understand why i didn't draft the second qb and i didn't draft that second tight end so uh that's how the cpu from yahoo's probably grading me for so there you go
0: Yeah, I think it's tough, especially um, I think for you, it was okay though. You said you had Kelsey, but um, you know, a team like mine where I didn't have that high end uh, tight end where I should have maybe taken uh, a backup there. Um, Honestly, I feel like, you know, doing mock drafts like this is always good because then when you go into your real draft, you can kind of know which players are going off, where you kind of know what to expect. I think that's one of the main reasons why we decided to do this episode. We are like, okay, we want to give the listeners, you know, an idea of, okay, if we're drafting from certain spots, you know, what are we looking at? Which players do we like? Which players will we target? And I guess also the aspect of there only being 30 seconds, you know, you got to know who you want off the top of your head. A lot of times, if there's not a lot of time, obviously, Mete, you talked about paying the price for that. Nate, you talked about, you know, having the back-to-back picks and it being kind of a rush. Um, Yeah. Things like that. Um, And then, uh, I know, like some of you guys were mentioning, like I think, Mary Dad, you said someone took two kickers. Someone took, I think, a uh, couple people took, uh, you know, like like three uh, running backs early. I know Nate, you did that. Um, sometimes it's a strategy. Sometimes it's like overcompensating on one position. Um, yeah, things happen in drafts. Uh, you gotta expect the unexpected. So I guess when you do mock drafts, it uh, the unexpected happens, and you can kind of see. Um, I guess uh, the way it went in this draft. So um, I guess Nate, I'll start with you. Any last thoughts on the mock draft or your team, or I guess someone else's team.
2: Um, I guess, um, a gen- I guess general thoughts, I guess usually in mock drafts, usually there's like a couple of guys, they make a few picks and you're trying to figure out why they make certain, made certain picks the way they did. I'm guessing, they're just kind of um, trying to familiarize themselves with the kind of the whole fantasy process. Normally, like when it's like your first time around, you're not really too sure who to pick. So you kind of just, I guess, just pick whoever and hope it works out. So that could have been the situation, but yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I I totally understand. It's one of those things, um, you know, people, they go into a draft unprepared and a lot of times they're just looking at their position uh, needs and then they just pick, which is why you see kickers going off so early. Um, It's another reason why you see the top available player going off. Usually uh, when you're in a league of inexperienced players, because, you know, they say, Oh, he's at the top of the board. He must be good. So then they just go ahead and pick him when in reality, you can find a lot of values further down the board, especially players that can break out. I guess in saying that I'll get to you, Matty, on any of your last thoughts, whether it's on the draft or on any of the teams.
3: Okay, so I got three things to say. First of all, uh, Yahoo, you got to give us more time. Uh, That James Robinson pick really, not James Robinson, sorry, Allen Robinson pick really threw off my uh, mock draft. I could have had a running back at three, but it is what it is. Second of all, uh, you got to be really uh, unbiased with this. If you got a favorite team like me, you can have picks like Ezekiel Elliott over Derrick Henry. So if you're a fan and you can stop yourself from making picks like that, I mean, I give you a lot of credit because it's really hard to do so when you're always watching that team. You kind of want to have him on your fantasy team, but sometimes you got to just uh, think about the what's best for your fantasy team. And then third of all, uh, I'm really glad we did this. I mean, I didn't know that, you didn't have to draft a kicker like you said james you didn't draft one so yeah that's really good to know
0: yeah for sure Meredith. i'll get to you next because you said you wanted to say something
3: yeah just
1: popping back in here like Mete said um um his second point like he said uh I actually made a huge mistake in not taking a running back, and I'm hoping that DeAndre Swift is going to be an RB1. Like I mentioned in the middle, there is certain running backs that are heavy snap RB1s, and DeAndre Swift is not solidified, and that's the price I paid by waiting until round three to take a running back. Oh, like Mete mentioned in his second point, I got carried away by being a fan, so I took Stefan Diggs in the first round. (laughs) And then I took George Kittle in the second round because I wanted my tight end. And
0: again, that's the price I paid. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not like taking Stefan Diggs in the first round was that much of a reach. So uh, you don't really have to hit yourself over the head there. And I don't think you really reached that much for Josh Allen, if at all. So uh, probably two picks that I wouldn't fault you for, but maybe some of the others, maybe like uh, Zach Moss, you went a little bit too early or maybe some of the others, uh, just some of those things you got to watch out for. Um, and then I guess, uh, Terry getting to you actually, before I get to you, um, let me comment on what Matt said about the favorite teams. I tried to limit myself. I took a Patriot around 11 and that I believe was my only reach, uh, for John who Smith. Um, yeah, it's really hard with the whole bias thing, uh, to not take someone from your team. If I had not reached for him there, could I have gotten him later? Possibly. Um, but, yeah, you know, the fanboy in you comes out a little bit in some of these drafts. So, uh, yeah, it happens. And uh speaking of fanboy, I'll get to a Bengals fan here. And, Terry, I know you took some Bengals as well. I guess talk to us about any last thoughts you have over the draft.
4: Yeah, so for a couple of last thoughts, if you're a returning player from, like, last year or the year before, uh, try not to get hooked up on guys that you drafted in those prior years. For example, for me, I think a consistent trend when Meteor – James sees me draft as usually a T.Y. Hilton guy or even Stefan Diggs before that showed up in one of our leagues one year. And try not to wrap your head around trying to grab those guys. There's always other players that are efficient at the position. Uh, to understand, like, what positions are deep and what positions are, like, kind of shallow. For example, we all know the story with tight ends and how if you're not get, drafting a guy in the top five, understand that it may get a little bit murky later in the rounds and with guys like at wide and running back there's more deeper pools so understand which one's more deeper so you can dive in uh to see more talent in the later rounds three i guess it's because you guys have like so well put together teams uh as your favorite teams for example menti with the cowboys james with the patriots uh nathan with the browns and then you got married with the I guess you guys are more biased to your players just because they are on winning teams. And then when you're a Bengals fan, you're stuck in depression for like a couple of years. You know what I mean? (laughs) So honestly, with Burrow and T Higgins, they fell to my lap. So I'm like, all right, might as well take him since I know a little bit about him, especially compared to guys like Devontae Parker, you know, other quarterbacks that I don't really pay attention to. So try and also fourth pay attention to the bye weeks for all you guys because i think it, the final look on my team i think i got like four or five guys off in week 14 and then that's going to be a headache for week 14 especially if you're making that playoff push that's all i gotta say it back to you james
0: yeah i was actually going to comment on bye weeks it was good you brought it up um in my opinion i feel like bye weeks is sort of that tiebreaker when you're stuck between two guys i don't feel like you should be sort of fading someone because of their bye week, unless obviously, like you said, you have like three or four guys on your team already with the same bye week, but yeah, I feel like it's a tiebreaker. So if you're stuck between two guys, I think someone said they were stuck between Landry and LaVisca Chanel. I mean, uh, at that point, you're just drafting the guy that has a different bye week because you pretty much see them as the same player, but you want some variety on your team. Yeah. Terry, you are going to say something.
4: Yeah. I was going to say something. It's more of a perspective for all you guys would you prefer buy weeks for later in the year or early in the year? If you had to come to that decision, uh, James, you can go first if you want.
0: Um, I think I'd prefer the buy weeks later in the year because then, if I make some trades earlier on, then you know it wouldn't affect me as much. If you have buy weeks earlier in the year, you got to start putting players on your bench right away. So I think later in the year, it's my opinion. But Nate, I'll get to you on that.
2: Um, I mean, to me, it's not really like that much of a difference. I guess I'd have to go with, um, five weeks later in the year though.
0: And, uh, Mary dad, what about you?
1: Yeah. Well, if we're talking fantasy, like you mentioned, I like to kind of spread it out so that I can just, you know, bench the player and play my other options. But if we're talking for my own team, then honestly, I prefer the earlier in the year because I like to kind of have that groove going into the playoffs and just hopefully ride that winning streak like we did last year.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Mette, I guess for you, um, for fantasy, would you prefer earlier or later by weeks?
3: Uh, definitely. I'd prefer earlier, like Terry was saying, uh, if you're making a playoff push and you got one of your main guys out later on when you really need a win, uh, that would be really tough. So I'd go earlier for sure.
0: Yeah, I like how we have different opinions on that because then, you know, some of us prefer, you know, getting the bye weeks out of the way earlier in the year. Some of us, like me, prefer, oh, no bye weeks earlier. And then maybe if you have to trade a player, you trade a player that has a later bye week and then get one that doesn't have one. So then pretty much solid throughout the whole year. So, um, yeah, it's just different perspectives on that. Um, I guess I I had some thoughts on each uh, one of our teams. I know I talked about mine. Um, I know, Nate, for you, I sort of like the strategy you had taking a lot of running backs early. Obviously, like you paid the price for that wide receiver. Um, I guess I also felt maybe you could have taken a wide receiver instead of maybe taking that second quarterback and Tom Brady. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I probably should have taken a wide receiver. I guess just that's like part of um, the whole, um, I guess, the feeling rushed thing. That's kind of part of it. I, caught, I probably could have went a little bit down, uh, down the list to see if there were any uh, wide receivers I could have taken instead. But I guess I just saw Tom Brady there, and I thought, well, he's a good quarterback. I guess I'll just draft him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could always draft him as a trade chip for later, if anything. But uh, then again, you're passing out on really solid wide receivers in that area. Um, I guess, Mete, for your team, I know you talked about the whole rush thing. Obviously, your your running backs paid the price. Um, taking Darren Waller early also did, but you said you believe in him. So uh, if you believe in a player, it's important to to draft them where you feel like they should be drafted. Um, but yeah, other than running back, I think your team is pretty solid. Um, you know, good players in, in different positions, especially a wide receiver and quarterback. So I think should be set. Um, and then Meridad, looking at your team, uh, you were also having that trouble in terms of running backs because you had solid wide receivers and quarterbacks. So um, that, that's one thing you guys all went um, early tight end. Um, and I feel like going early tight end, if you're not in, at the right spot in the draft in terms of position wise, it could really hurt the rest of your team in terms of whether it's running back or wide receiver. So I in this draft, I just decided to go tight end late. And I was able to get a lot of depth in both running back and, and wide receiver. I don't know. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Terry. What's your thoughts, I guess, on that?
4: Um, could you repeat the question? I kind of lagged
0: on. Yeah, taking tight end later, I, it's for, for me, it helped my depth at wide receiver and running back.
4: It depends. Like, for example, uh, say, for example, a guy like Travis Kels falls into your lap in, like, the top. I guess when you're in those snake draft formations, say, for example, back-to-back picks, you end up getting Travis Kels for, I don't know, as 13, 14, and, you know, second overall. If you get that, then you're good and you don't have to worry about tight ends until, like, near the late ends, like rounds 13, 14, 15. Uh, if you're one of those teams, like, for example, you, you were drafting in the middle of the rounds, uh you don't really get that luxury of drafting the top or the Fab Five tight ends. And for example, you're gonna have to pick from the batch of uh, guys like Robert Toyden, uh, Logan Thomas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, don't reach for tight ends, as I said earlier. If you know it's, eh, yeah, don't reach for tight ends. But if a guy falls in cheap lap might as well take it. uh Don't know if that gives you clarity, but
0: That's all I got for you right now. Yeah, and I was going to say that I think out of all of us, I think you were the one that uh, it seemed okay for you to take tight end, if that makes sense, because you were still able to round out the rest of your roster properly, uh, whether it was running backs, whether it was wide receivers, actually, because uh, both Ayuk and Higgins fell to you. So you were able to get two solid wide receivers. One of them is most likely going to break out and be a wide receiver one for you anyways. And the other one's going to be a solid wide receiver too. So um, in that sense, I think you probably had the best draft out of all of us. Um, Obviously, obviously you didn't get the quarterback you want. So either way, there's going to be a position where you don't get the player that you want. That's fantasy football. Uh, It's really tough to be able to get, um, like, you know, a big time player at every position. Uh, of course, I paid for it at tight end. You paid for it at quarterback, Nate at wide receiver. Um, and then the two of you paid for it at running back. So um, that's why we do mock drafts. I mean, uh, the practice makes perfect if there is such thing as perfect in fantasy football with all the injuries. Honestly, any one of these teams could win a league just depending on who's healthy, depending on who gets opportunity. So um I honestly think we had a great mock draft. Uh Meredith, do you have any last thoughts?
1: Yeah, just a quick comment on the uh what Terry said about the tight ends. I actually extremely like really liked what he said about the positioning, like depending on what positioning you have in your draft because obviously you want to go running backs early and you don't want to reach too much for Travis Kelsey or Kels (laughs) (laughs) um, or you know somebody with that caliber so it really depends on what position you're in if it makes sense for you to take one of you know my top five guys I forgot to mention TJ Hawkinson too I believe in him as well but um yeah if you believe like if you can take one of those guys where it makes sense then then perfect or try to stack out your running
0: backs, your wide receivers, do what James said, that clearly works out as well. Yeah, you know, like you said, uh, if you stack up on running back or wide receiver, there's a chance that team, other teams in your league are going to have injuries. And maybe if they took a good tight end, you might be able to make a swap there. You know, give them some of your wide receiver depth or some of your running back depth in exchange for a tight end if you feel like that's a hole on your roster. Quarterback's the same thing. So maybe if some, if Nate's fine with Lamar Jackson, he's got a hole at maybe uh, I think wide receiver was his position where he struggled. Maybe you swing Tom Brady and I, you know, maybe give you someone like Antonio Brown or I give you a a Mike Williams or something like that. And then we're both more solid at our respective positions. So um, it's just one of those things that you have to look out for, but I think overall we had a great mock draft. Um, Mary dad, once again, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. And, Yeah, and uh, that's going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode. So make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We'll be posting pics there for the start of the NFL season. So uh, make sure you go there. Um, Just make sure you check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, Mock Draft went well. Um, Thanks again, guys, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.